0: Welcome to Try This At Home with Leslie and Leslin, a podcast that offers you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating a better life. Hi, this is Leslin from Try This At Home. Did you know that behind every disappointment, there is a failed expectation? And understanding when and why we become disappointed can tell us a lot about ourselves. Today, Leslie and I are covering this topic with examples and explanations, so grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. Good morning, Miss Leslie, Miss, Mrs. 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 Leslie. (laughs) I'm the old. (laughs) (laughs) Please do not, you don't even know what old is. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's true, although I just rounded the corner to 37, so here we are.
0: Yeah, that's this is the last year of your mid-30s.
1: Oh, well, I'll take that because someone told me that I was in my late 30s since I was now
0: 37. Oh, no, I think that 38 is the neon light that says 40's coming. Okay, I'll take yeah. that. I'm not going to argue yeah. that. Yeah, no, you're in your last year of the mid thirties, I think. That's that's what I would say. I like that. Yeah, so it's a true fall day here in the Knitted Land region. I have to just say that last night. So I I posted a picture this morning on my Instagram about my outdoor office, and I and I know you already commented on it. So it it really is quite lovely. But can I tell you how freaking cold it you get after six hours of sitting under those trees? <laughs>
1: yeah, your well, your space that you use for your counseling appointments are is awesome. I mean, you have like the lights strung up and trees, and there's like comfy outdoor chairs. I mean, it, it looks pretty great, I will say. Even if you're cold, it looks pretty cool.
0: It, it looks great, but nobody's going to be able to concentrate if I'm blue. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm getting an outdoor heater. But and here's I was reading today: How long does a tank of propane last?
1: Okay, yeah,
0: ten hours. Yeah, that's not
1: you're you're going to go through a lot of propane.
0: Holy smokes! Right, I, that's a that's like changing the tank every two days. Which yeah. does not excite me at all. When I was, when I was in my twenties, one of my mother's neighbors owned a propane company, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of. I was a financial advisor back then, and I had a lot of clients that were firemen, and I was with one of them, and he got a call, and so we ended the appointment. And I was kind of in my mom's neighborhood, so I thought I will drive over there, but. As I approached the fire trucks were racing by me well it turns out that this these people had had their tanks filled that day and I guess she went to light the pilot light for dinner to the oven or something like the the tanks had run dry there had been some work or something that they'd had done and all three tanks blew up they found pieces of her in the chimney (gasps) ah Oh, my gosh. Yep. The entire house was leveled. The only thing that was standing was the chimney. And ever since then, I have been afraid of propane.
1: Yeah, I I can't imagine you're a huge fan after that.
0: I I hate driving it in my car. car. Like, I don't even put it in the back. I put it in the back seat, and I strap it in. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, A, I don't want it rolling around. B, if I get rear-ended, I don't want to blow up. Right. And, you know, and I roll all the windows down so that if for some reason it's leaking, I don't asphyxiate myself. (laughs) And when I hook it up, I literally stand there and pray. You know, I mean, it's, I'm I'm really ridiculous because I know that out of all the gases, it's almost, it's pretty much the most stable, which is why it's so common. Right. But I don't like the idea that I'm going to have to change that daggone tank twice every week.
1: Yeah, our and house, our house is fueled by propane and we actually, we have an, a buried propane tank. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We had a hard time getting homeowners insurance actually because of that, because they don't bury the tanks anymore.
0: Wait, really? My tanks when I lived in, in your neck of the woods, my tanks were buried. Well, that that's the old way of doing things, which
1: quite frankly, having a buried tank seems a heck of a lot safer to me than one that isn't buried. Right. Just because, like, what if a car runs into it or you know, if it's underground, it's underground. I mean, yeah. Very few things that can happen.
0: But. Maybe you just can't, a, you can't fix it. You can't, you know, I don't know. Maybe it sounds to me like there's probably a lot of things wrong yeah. with it. But, you know, it is a little disappointing that they changed that law. It is disappointing.
1: And uh, a lot of other things are disappointing right now for me.
0: So, <laughs> And, you know, disappointment is a fact of life. And I think... We're going to start by, I want to start by saying that, that if you get anything out of this episode, it's really important to understand that you cannot, you will not avoid disappointment. Yes.
1: One of, uh, I, I don't know, do you want to, I have something to say about that. Do you want to talk about what disappointment is real quick and then I can go back?
0: Sure. So. So as a, I mean, by definition, it's sadness or depleasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations, but I like to think it as, a, as an emotion, the research says that it's a form of sadness, a feeling of loss, a feel, an uncomfortable space, and it's really the space between our expectations and our reality. Yes. So the space between what we thought it was going to look like and what it is.
1: Yeah. And I, um, I like what you said earlier about how it doesn't, you, you really can't avoid disappointment. But as I was kind of doing a little bit of reading on this topic, I came upon an article from the Harvard Business Review that talked about the way that we handle disappointment being related to kind of our developmental history and how we've grown up and things. Mm -hmm. Some people do seek to avoid disappointment. And they do that by turning basically into underachievers. Mm -hmm. You know, if your bar is really, really, really low all the time, it's hard to be disappointed. Right. So I would say you still will be, but... (laughs) Because I do think it's inevitable. But... What a sad, what a sad, uh, that just feels sad to me to think that some people avoid disappointment to the extent that they just let their life become really unfulfilled maybe or
0: mediocre. Well, let's, so that's one end of the spectrum, right? I don't want to disappoint myself, so I'm not going to try. Right. The other end of the spectrum is I don't want to disappoint you so I need to be perfect correct
1: and I go way further on that side
0: (laughs) well and I mean right Um, you know I think it's important to understand that the underachievers are afraid of disappointing themselves the overachievers are afraid of disappointing someone else
1: Or yeah, and or I think for the underachievers, it could be that you don't want other people to disappoint you, so your expectations of others is also very very low.
0: Yeah. So that that, uh, yeah, but that doesn't that wouldn't impact your life, right? It would. It would. To be frank, I think that that's actually a positive coping mechanism is to keep your expectations of other people realistic and or low so that a you're not feeling disappointed in them and b you're not establishing an, an unrealistic hope that they might read into right if i say to my kids I expect you to get an A but the kid doesn't feel like they have that capacity then they're going to give up before they even try. Or they're going to be so disappointed in themselves, like they'll try, try, try. But if they only get a B, then they will have failed. They will have think they failed in your eyes because your expectation was an A. Yeah. So I, I think that it's, it's okay to reduce our expectations of others. I actually think that's a necessity.
1: I would I would agree with that. The one I'm I'm thinking of uh, an acquaintance that I know who kind of took this to an unhealthy place though.
0: Okay, let's talk about it.
1: So in a relationship, if it, let's say you're in an in an intimate relationship, you have been hurt in the past. Your expectation shouldn't be, well, they're just gonna cheat on me like everybody else. So it's that's fine. Like that that to me is is not healthy that shouldn't be your expectation because you, are deserve, you deserve in a relationship to be respected.
0: Right. So in that particular case, that person has an expectation. Their expectation is very specific. It's not that they lowered the expectation. The expectation is you will cheat on me. Right. Which is... Right. What they need to do yeah. is reestablish an expectation that you can be faithful. Right. So it's it's really, I mean, we kind of group these things together. We say, you know, I lowered my bar. If the bar is fidelity, then okay, then that's a low expectation of fidelity. Yeah. But that's really kind of and and you're right, it's an unhealthy way to approach any relationship, right? I just am going to assume that you're going to be the most negative version. Of yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and I would say that. In that regard. It's. It's. A more. I'm going to say like an intricately defined expectation. I expect you to cheat on me. And so there's the way to lower that expectation would be to have no expectation that you will cheat. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. So it's. It, we're talking about really we're kind of coming at this from two different angles. one is the yeah. expectation of fidelity in general, and the low end of that would be that you're just not going to be faithful, but then, if I'm expecting you to be unfaithful, the low end of that would be no exp- i have no expectations right right period but let's let's take a minute because i want to I really want to help people when I said in the intro that if we understand disappointment we can learn a lot about ourselves and it turns out that disappointment and expectations they go hand in hand and they have a lot to do with how much happiness people report they are correlated there's a social impact economist from oxford university his name is Nate Ware and I want to play a clip where he's talking about happiness, or maybe more importantly, why we are not happy. So, listen to this. No, the reason why we're unhappy, the most compelling reason, as shown by the data, as shown by research, relates to expectations. At a very basic, simple level, we're unhappy when our expectations of reality exceed our experiences of reality when our expectations exceed reality did you listen to that i sure did. yeah okay cool so what do you think
1: yeah i i think that is spot on i i just experienced some disappointment over the weekend with my kids and it was totally because of my expectations
0: <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? Yeah,
1: sure. Well, and my husband experienced it. We had we had simultaneous parental disappointment. How about that? Wow. That's, that's a new phrase I'm coining there. No, my husband and I are both readers, obviously. Um although my husband reads like horribly boring things like academic articles and I read <laughs> like normal things. And I I grew up loving to read. I mean, I read every Nancy Drew and babysitters club book there was. And my husband actually didn't grow up reading. He developed a, an appreciation for it in college. But our kids are all fantastic readers. They—that That is just the way their brain works. They picked up reading quickly and they, they just read extremely well. They started off liking to read and now not a one of them. It's like pulling teeth to get them to read. And I am so disappointed. I am like, how can I force them to read and like it. And the answer to that is I can't. They see me read. They have plenty of books. When they want a book, I get them a book. I feel like that's really as much as I can do. But it is a big disappointment for us. We we really wanted them to love reading all
0: So you're <laughs> sorry. No. Um but you're saying you're disappointed because you're 13 or 13 anymore.
1: Yeah. My, well, they're 11, 8, and 7.
0: And you're feeling simultaneous disappointment because your 11, 8, and 7-year-olds haven't developed a devouring love of reading?
1: No, they did used to. They read
0: every night and now they don't. But they're 11, 8, and... and I know. It's okay. I know. I mean, what was your expectation? I mean, what does, when you say, and I, maybe this is a good understanding, like, yeah. what what expectation, what vision did you have in your head that you'd grow a family of bookworms?
1: Well, I think it's just because I enjoyed it so much as a child that I, you know, I just, and, and Henry, my oldest, started off that way, you know, reading every night. It's just, I just think it's a nice, Relaxing way to end the evening, you know, for me, obviously, Mm -hmm. and for them too. I mean, I don't know. I just, I just had this vision. I don't. I mean, really, I just didn't realize I had it until this.
0: Are you making the assumption that their love of reading has forever diminished?
1: No, no, but I do think, I do think it is increasingly difficult to compete with devices.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm
1: not, I know that they could pick it up again and I'm, I'm sure they will at least some yeah. of them later in life, but I do know that it's for now it's an uphill,
0: it's an uphill battle because
1: yeah. art is interesting right now as devices and that bums me out.
0: Yeah. And you know, that, that's an interesting consideration, right? I think the point and I, not sure I did it well, but the point I was trying to lead you to is this is such a a blip in the overall big picture that I I suspect the momentary disappointment, I suspect it's a momentary disappointment, and I want to encourage people that are listening to kind of keep that in mind, right, that some things, like I missed the garbage truck last week, and I'm pretty sure that my garbage can, I didn't look, I didn't want to see, but I'm pretty sure that it was crawling because it probably could have walked itself to the curb because <laughs> it was hot as heck outside. It was garbage, you know, and it had been in there almost two weeks. And I was pretty disappointed that I missed the garbage, but hey, you know, That happens, and there's always another opportunity. And I think your kids, you know, there may be a new Harry Potter kind of series that comes out that just turns that around in a heartbeat. Yeah. Right. You know, the power grid could go down, and we don't have any choice but to read books. (laughs) I (laughs) mean, (laughs) that's (laughs) why. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I don't know whether to hope for that or not
0: <laughs> i'm just saying you know it's probably like a momentary blip but i, I think a
1: lot, I, lot of disappointments are momentary blips i mean right yes, like, yes. Now, prepare you for how much you're gonna love trash day as an adult like that's like a really like oddly weird thing that happens <laughs> But yeah, right? You'll get it next week. It's not a big deal. But yeah, it's a momentary disappointment. And, and thankfully, most things are just momentary disappointments. Whether it's a or a couple of years, you know.
0: Yeah. So, so let's talk about like the, so many things that we are disappointed about are completely and totally outside of our control. And we really have to sit back and ask ourselves when we're disappointed. Is this inside my control? Or outside my control. Right. If it's outside, like the fact that I can't go to Brussels right now to celebrate the birth of my newest granddaughter. Yeah. Totally outside of my control. I'm disappointed. It's nobody's fault. Nobody can do anything about it. So the disappointment has to be processed and let go of. Correct. Right? Yep. Yep. And that's just... I can't make it any more simple than that. If I get turned down for a loan, I'm disappointed. It's probably in that moment, not within my control. I have to process it and move on. If the guy I'm dating um, doesn't call me, I can't control that. So I'm going to be disappointed and I'm going to move, process the emotions and I'm going to move through that. Yeah. All of those things, we have to be able to process the emotion, be sad, appropriately sad, yep. and go on to the next thing.
1: And and also finding what you can do in the disappointment. Like, for example, if you get denied for a loan and it's because you're you have too much debt, okay, well, then you know now, great. Now I need to start working on debt reduction, and, right? You know, like with the case of my kids. What am I doing? Okay, I'm modeling, you know, reading behavior. I'm getting them books. That's all I can do. I've done what I can do, and I need to, you know, let it go and move on. But there, I feel like there's in disappointment. There's always something that you can do, either to make it better for yourself in the future, so you don't keep repeating this disappointment.
0: Um, yeah, or learn. So from yeah I want to separate this for a minute because what you're talking about is fine and I think you're talking about this point if I think about you know going to Brussels what can I do I can get on FaceTime every day okay so but there I think I'm saying there are things that I can control so that I won't be disappointed next time. That's versus what can I do to ease my disappointment this time?
1: Right. Yep. I see what you're saying.
0: Right. So the Brussels thing is I'm going to ease my disappointment by getting on FaceTime. Yes. For the reading thing, I'm going to ease my disappointment by acknowledging that I'm setting the best example I can. Mm -hmm. but then there's the thing, well, I'm super disappointed. What can I do next time so that it doesn't happen? And I think that's where the credit score piece comes in, right? If I'm, I'm super disappointed, but the next time I apply for credit, I need to have these ducks in a row. I need, now I have a better understanding. I know what I need to do. And so I can avoid disappointment the next time by following these rules mm-hmm. there's nothing that would allow me to uh, there's nothing in my power that allows me to avoid uh, that avoid, yeah. right. right so I have a great Harlan story and I tell this story a lot because it's such a great example of communication And and how disappointment can teach us about how we communicate. And I'm pretty sure I've told it before. But so Harlan and I owned a boat. And I had the house where I was raising my kids. And he didn't have any invested interest in the house. He wasn't really living there. And so it it was my house. Right. And if I asked him to help me with something, he would help me. But we spent so much, so many of our weekends on the boat that in the summertime, my my gardens got very neglected. Yeah, And so I said to him one day, I can't go to the boat this weekend because I've got to stay home and do yard work. And he says, well, honey, I'll help you. We'll do it. We'll just get up uh, Saturday morning and do yard work. And then We'll go down the boat Sunday. I'm like, great. And so I, we get up, we run up to Starbucks, of course, and we come back and he gets on the John Deere. Yeah. Lawn, starts mowing the lawn. I pull out the yard cart, the rope, the, the hedge trimmers. I'm going to town. We're out there a couple of hours and I have to pee. So I use, I uh, stop what I'm doing and I realize that I don't hear the tractor. And so I go in the house, and in order to get to the powder room, I have to walk by the couch. I notice the TV is on the golf channel. <laughs> and there's Harlan, laying down on the couch, feet up, shoes off, <laughs> chilling. <laughs> now, I've got sweat dripping down every crack and crevice in my body. <laughs> I go into the bathroom. I don't even sit down. I'm standing there looking in the mirror, going, What the living crap is this?
1: (laughs) Right. So mad. Oh, I would be so mad. I
0: am. I don't even know what to do. So I just turn right back around. I walk back into the living room, or the family room, and and he looks at me and goes, I got the lawn done, babe. I hope that helps. And he just has this like kind of little grin on his face. He's happy with himself. <laughs> and I just keep walking and go right back outside. Ah. And I, I go out there and I sit in the shade of the garage. And I'm just thinking, what the hell? How did that go so wrong? Right. Yes. Right? How did that go so wrong? Because I grew up with the understanding That if you said you're going to help somebody, you're side by side until the job's done. Right. Yep. Yep. He grew up with the understanding that you give what you have to give. Yeah. And that's what he did. (laughs) And if I had asked him to be next to me until the job was done, he probably would have done that. But I assumed, and I think we—that's why I think we talked about this before, because it's such a great assumption. But it's also a really great expectation example because I just had this expectation of him to be with me side by side, yeah. and I—and it was such a an ingrained truth in my head that you didn't have to vocalize it because. Isn't that what everybody does? Yeah,
1: obvious, yeah,
0: yeah, right. Yeah. And so you know, I this is one of those things where my I very quickly learned that a I obviously have some expectations that are not obvious, and if I have an expectation, some kind of vision in my head, it's mandatory that I explain that to the person that I'm expecting it from, right? Yeah. If, if I'm disappointed and I sit back and own this and say, what did I do? If I, didn't, if I don't have memory of describing my expectation in detail to the person that I was expecting it from, then we have to, we have to do this all over again. We have to start from square one.
1: Well, and the other thing I think is important to realize is too, is that you're not, we are not always aware of our expectations. Precisely. So it's perfectly reasonable to expect (laughs) that at some point in your life, something like this is going to pop up and you're going to say, oh my gosh, that is an expectation I did not realize I had.
0: Yeah. And I I would would say not some day, but frequently, expectations are going to pop up that you didn't know you had. I mean, you know, here I am, (laughs) a freaking senior citizen. And (laughs)
1: this is so weird, by the way.
0: I know, it makes me laugh too. Um, And I'm realizing I still have expectations, not nearly as many, because I've done so much work in this area. But I definitely will find myself a little disappointed and sit back and go, oh, look at there. There's another expectation I didn't know was there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, I still erroneously yeah. expect people to zipper merge on the interstate. I don't know why I can't learn that that's not everybody's expectation.
1: Okay, well, it should be. Can I just say it absolutely should not could be? It should be. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, you know, and we probably talked about this too. And I know I digress, but in Belgium, it's against the law not to. They yeah. actually have they actually have cops sitting right there at the entrance of a a ramp onto the interstate, and they'll ticket you right there if you don't zipper merge. Good. Anyway, uh, you know, um, uh-huh. yeah. So, so I think it's pretty interesting that if if we sit back and we allow these disappointments just to be learning opportunities, as a matter of fact, Winston Churchill was one of the people to publicly talk about disappointment being a catalyst for growth. And it's way better to do that than to be self-blaming.
1: Right. Because it doesn't, it's not going to, self-blaming isn't going to get you very far.
0: No. I mean, and it's it, and self-blaming or blaming other people. I mean, to say that, hey, they let me down. Well, did they let you down because they knew what your expectation was and they didn't fulfill it intentionally? Or did they let you down because they didn't, they weren't aware of your expectation? Yeah. I think that's important. I had to sit down with my kids every so often and say very clearly, here's the expectation. I know I've talked about this before, but when it came when they were teenagers, I took a picture of a mom cleaned room, enlarged it and taped it to the back of their bedroom door. And so when they, when they asked for something, I said, make sure your room's clean they understood very specifically what that expectation was. They had a picture of it.
1: Yes. I am actually just thinking that I'm going to do that today for my son.
0: It's it's a pretty effective. There's no misunderstanding then. This is my expectation. Now, I'm just going to say one thing. the expectations has to be reasonable and you have to get buy-in. Right, right. Okay? You have to be able to say yourself I mean am I if my kids showed up and they expected cinnamon rolls tomorrow morning they're gonna have to tell me and I'm gonna have to say gosh can I even do that I don't think I can do that I don't I have time in my life today guys don't it's not reasonable to expect that of me in less than 24 hours notice right and that's kind of a lame excuse but or lame example but you know. They have to be achievable. And, and there's no way really, disappointment's not really valid if the expectation wasn't reasonable. You know, my expectation to lose 20 pounds this month on a diet, that's unreasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Right? If I'm disappointed, it's because I set this goal that was too lofty. Yes.
1: And I also, I also feel like this comes up, obviously, a lot, I think, in marriage. but. Just because I've told my husband the expectation doesn't mean that he has to go along with it, right? Like, his own expectations and his yeah. own desires, and they don't, it, you know, it's not me all the time. So you have to compromise sometimes.
0: I mean, that's yeah. the way it goes. <clears throat> yeah, and and so there's the buy-in piece, right? You have to communicate it. It has to be reasonable, and you have to get buy-in. if so here's another Harlan story. And I know I tell these stories all the time, but he came to me one morning and said, do you want to run to Home Depot with me? So I said, sure, I'll go to Home Depot. Well, we pulled out of the driveway or out of the neighborhood and go to the stoplight and he turned left. Well, Home Depot would have been straight. And I said, where are we going? He goes, well, I figured we'd go to Starbucks first. Well, where we work, Starbucks is drive through, but where we live, you have to get out and walk in. And I literally, I was just for Home Depot, not downtown Starbucks. Right. <laughs> and I mean, not that it has to make a difference, but in my mind, it did. So I'm like, and not only that, but it takes time to park, get out, walk in, wait in line, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, but we did that. We leave Starbucks, we head back over to, toward Home Depot, and then he pulls into the grocery store. I'm like, what are we doing here? He said, we have to go to the bank. (laughs) (laughs) And then when we got to Home Depot, we said, hey, let's go over and look at the refrigerators. I thought we came for some screws. I thought we were going, when you say, do you want to run to Home Depot with me? I need screws. My expectation is it's Five minutes there, five minutes back, 10 minutes at Home Depot to get screws. I'm taking a half an hour out of my morning plan to be with you. But um, it was two and a half hours. (laughs) You know, so the expectation, if he had said, hey, do you want to spend the next two and a half hours with me running errands? Then I could have bought into that. Right. 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 I I wouldn't probably have bought into it that particular morning or I could have just bought into it and had the mindset. I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been frustrated. In that case, it was, it was more about unrealistic expectations than it was about disappointment. I was disappointed that I didn't get my shit done. Right. But I think we can, we can really learn how to communicate better if we understand what all that looks like. Yeah. Right? So there's one more thing I want to really address quickly, and that is that what are the expectations we have of ourselves? Mm. Because I think that causes maybe more stuff than all these other things put together. Yeah. What are the expectations you have of yourself?
1: Well lately my my disappointment from expectations that I have for myself is that I am going to be able to get my to-do list done. And I'll tell you what, it virtual school is is just the dumbest thing. I mean, I'm I know why we have to do it, but it takes forever. Like I I just cannot get everything done I need to get done. And I'll lower the bar the next day and I look, I can't can't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, recently, it's just been I just can't get as much done as i as I want or as I need,
0: yeah, so this reminds me of a conversation we had kind of at the beginning of the whole pandemic shifts, and how we all <clears throat> we adapted our lives but we didn't adapt our expectations of our lives yes yeah and that's kind of what i hear you saying because i suspect that in part the reason that you're frustrated is that your expectations are based on a day in the life of leslie normal uh yeah and leslie's life is not normal no. No. So you can't have the same expectations. Yes. So you're setting yourself up for disappointment.
1: Well, true. And also a lot of that comes from, you know, and I, I don't even honestly know if there's an answer to this. I think it's just something that I'm constantly dealing with and is constantly evolving. But customers have expectations of me mm-hmm. time around time. And I can, I can say that it's different but it doesn't mean that they want to hear it. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so that's kind of a separate problem, but.
0: Well, in some ways though, it's related, right? Because we, and, and I certainly, I feel that way, even about my outdoor office, you know, people expect to have a comfortable place to be able to talk about their problems. Right. And the expectation is, is that if you create a space, They're going to come and they're going to be able to do that. Right. Now, in the middle of those discussions, I'm getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. Inchworms are crawling all over me. I'm freezing cold or dripping with sweat. And that all impacts my ability to be a good listener, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can't, I can't help my client's experts. Expectation about my ability to listen, but I can be human with them.: Exactly. Yep. I can be tolerant of their disappointment. Yes. You know, I imagine this is super disappointing to you. I'm really sorry. And all yes. I, all, of this, I mean, all I can tell you is I'm creating the best situation possible under the circumstances. It's not a normal life. I had to interrupt a session last night to go in and get a blanket off my sofa because I was so cold. I couldn't take it another second. <laughs> I walked in the office and it was warm in there. I mean, it was a normal temperature. It was warm in there. Yeah. And for a minute I thought, I'm just going to bring her in here. Cause I can't do this. Yeah. And I did, but I didn't, but you know, all those customers, you're right. They, they, they're buying something. They are as much as you're expecting from yourself. What's normal, they're expecting from you what's normal. And, and we're all disappointed that life isn't the way it was. And I'm just going to say this for every person listening. Do the best you can based on what you know in this moment, and that will be enough. And if the person or people in your life aren't in a place to accept that, it is not your job to rise to their expectation. It is your job do- job to do your best, period.
1: Yeah. And also, I think it's important, even though this, you know, people people are experiencing their own disappointments more than ever, I think, during this time specifically. During this pandemic. And that needs to, I, I think, especially when you're in a customer facing job, you have to keep that in mind because sometimes people don't take their disappointment out in the right way.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and we've, yeah, and we've said this week after week, right? We have to really be thoughtful about offering everybody, ourselves included. A little bit of grace as we adapt to this new world we live in. And, you know, a client said something to me yesterday that I thought, I really had, I mean, I thought it, but I hadn't stopped to really think about it. And she said something about she wasn't going to take or allow herself to receive a, vac- a vaccine that hadn't been proven. Right. And I thought I stopped because I was, you know, I was like, put me in line for a vaccine. Yeah. But then, you know, between what I'm reading out there in the research and the more time that I'm really offered to think about, hey, yeah, what, what would I be doing there? I mean, is that, you know, I think we're all just in a state of flux and there's so many unknowns and again, I'll say that our stress tables have risen, our fuses are short, and it's just so important to understand that, and maybe this disappointment conversation is way more apropos than we'd even given it consideration for. But yeah, I think everybody's dealing with a level of disappointment. I mean, I can't, you you, you don't just pop into a restaurant. That's disappointing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, You don't just plan a party and invite all your friends. That's disappointing. I'm not selling any art right now because all of the shows are canceled. That's disappointing. Yeah. You know, every, and that's just me. (laughs) Everybody's facing that. Yeah. And so, overarchingly, Sit back and look at the things that you're disappointed about. Find ways to identify each of the elements in that disappointed. And figure out what you have control over. If you don't have control, process the sadness and step away. If if there's something in that that you do have control over, identify it and learn. But maybe more than anything else, just accept that it's okay to be disappointed. You will disappoint people. You will feel disappointed, and the world will not end. It Being disappointed, disappointing other people, that's a part of being human. I also want to recommend, and I hope before we end the season, we can talk about Glennon Doyle's new book, Untamed. Yeah, A big part of it is about disappointment. It's about teaching disappointment and accepting that we're not going to meet everybody's expectations. One, because they don't communicate them clearly. And two, because they're not a part of our reality.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: I I saw a little snippet online of a quote from that book and it, it definitely interests me. So I'm excited to read it
0: yeah Well, hopefully we've got it we've been planning out we only have seven more episodes believe it or not six more episodes right yeah yeah six more episodes
1: yeah
0: we're gonna do a book review or our favorite books maybe we'll have a book discussion about untamed we're gonna talk we're gonna do kind of a a roundup at the end of the season what else is on our list
1: I don't have the list with me, and now I can't remember.
0: Okay. Yeah, I put you on the spot. That's okay. We really do. Our minds are so clogged that we really have to well, write it all down.
1: And, and I'm far I'm, again,
0: so. Yeah, and I'm often texting you going, what's our topic next week? <laughs> anyway. You know, folks, that's it for our discussion today. We hope that you will share this with people that you love and communicate with because it's a super important topic. Clarify, clarify, clarify your expectations. And remember that disappointment just makes you human. For now, this is Leslie and Leslie, hoping you will try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.